This is the OHL in 60 podcast. I'm Reese Demaney along with Colin Ward. Very big week for us. And we are going to look back at it. And it's going to be awesome. Uh, TV debuts out of the way, Colin. Um, We got to start off strong, right? Uh, And that's, uh, you know, we got on TV. We're not that ugly, Colin. So yeah, us. Hey, you know, yeah, yeah. Fun experience. What what a time! Yeah. It's going to be exciting. That was the news we kind of hinted about. Um, our Hammertown podcast, the Bulldogs, will now be on TV. So Bulldogs fans, us, then you get to see us now. You know, it would be cool eventually if we get the OHL one on there too. Mm-hmm. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, um, and hopefully eventually with the Bulldogs, we get in board. studio for the playoffs. Yeah, That'd yeah, and there's yeah, there's a lot of big plans there with the Bulldogs. Plus, with the move to Brantford yeah. Civic Center, by the way, almost around two thousand deposits. So that's right on. Um, with that one but yeah very exciting there's going to be some news there um hopefully next season we'll have a bigger role um mm-hmm. by all sounds we are going to so that's exciting um hopefully do a little bit of the intermissions and stuff and the setup looks pretty cool there at civic mm-hmm. by the sounds of it from the stuff that we've heard about about that so it's exciting and yeah it was a great time um recording was interesting eh Recording was interesting. Man, we we called that. Yeah, yeah, we called it. That was the best debut of a show that we've had. We've had, and not that it that's is. a to your own horn, but yeah. it was. Sick. Yeah, but not that that's a debut <laughs> show. It's a debut show on TV, so it counts. Um, for anyone yeah. out there wondering, we count it. So yeah, uh, but yeah, it was. I agree. I think I think there was a nice flow to the show. I think I think we yeah. covered a lot of topics, and we discussed at length a lot more about. You know the weekend ahead for the dogs at the time, and and yeah. you know, it went well. Usually we don't like to get into that too much, especially if they're on the road for a couple, because you know, it's it, it's tough to really understand what's going to happen, or tough to really yeah, tell what's going to happen, especially when you look at Sunday in the Ontario Hockey League, which we will get to um, as yeah, the show goes along. But uh, uh, yeah, no, it, it worked out well. And uh, shout out to Cable Fourteen. Shout out to Brendan who. You know, the producer, the man that makes us sound good, look good, adds all the graphics and all the uh, all, all the highlights and, and everything. So uh, shout out to him. Troy Islikar, shout out to him for uh, promoting the show on Twitter today. Um, so that that was big. Uh, really yeah. appreciate him. And then, of course, Reed Duffy getting us involved with the Bulldogs, Bulldogs Audio Network all together. Right. And we've Absolutely. can't say how thankful we are for him. So. Oh, one hundred percent! It gets us excited every time I talk to Reed. You just get excited. Yeah. Um, there's all something in the works, and so next year there's going to be some big, big plans there starting in the summer with the Bulldogs organization for us. So that's exciting, mm-hmm. and um, can't wait. Honestly, can't wait because Bramford's just up the road, and it's going to be so exciting. Just because twenty five minutes into the arena, it's going to be so fun, yeah. um, and not having to go through traffic, not having to go down the mountains, going to be so nice for three years. Um, and that's exciting to have. <laughs> and then there's me who's coming in from an hour away. <laughs> hey, Good now you're gonna, yeah, now you're gonna see the Delight of Hamilton effect. Yeah, it's it's okay as long as the weather's not bad. Yeah. Um, that's that's an easy travel yeah. if the weather's good. Which, which but, by the by the way, the fact um we are moving in at the end of the month. Uh, I experienced IKEA for the first time. Hey, on hey, the I went there a couple weeks ago. I went there a couple weeks ago. What do you think? There is a lot of useless and a waste of time. I mean, I, I, didn't, I didn't know what to expect. I didn't the know designs are like. pretty I, cool, though. Yeah, I'd never been to Ikea, so I go, how do we do this? And 
well, my girlfriend and her parents were there as well as my mom came along for the trip as well. And right on. You know, we, we, we get into the front door and it's just a, there's an you entrance, there's like a kid's area or whatever. And then you go to the right is the checkout or, and then there's an elevator. And the checkout's wild, eh? Oh, it's, oh no. Well, the first thing I said. You scan everything that's... now, eh? They make you do everything. Yeah, but that's Since surprising. when do I get paid the... to do that? Yeah, but it's surprising though that they make you do that because the theft around grocery stores and stuff's going up through the roof. Yeah. I cannot believe, because that's the first thing I said when I was there. I was like, there's got, like, there's, like, people try. There's got to be a lot Absolutely. of theft. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, there's, it's complete chaos in the checkout. It yeah. is complete chaos. Yeah, you get your own scanner and do it on yeah. the way. It's, they made me pay a dollar for an IKEA bag. Come on, That's guys. A, yeah. You make enough That's money. You don't especially the price do there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, did you go to the cafeteria? Yes. It was not what I expected. It was. Yeah. <laughs> I got a story for you. It was okay. Like the meatballs were all right. I had mac and cheese, and that was okay, I guess. Sweden's not really known for mac and cheese, but <laughs> you, um, um, my mom had mac and cheese. She also had uh, fruit-covered cheesecake. Ooh. Um, I don't like cheesecake, so I wasn't going to have any. Um, and then then they, then they have the, – they don't. it's not Coke. It's cola drink with stevia. Yeah. Well, there's cola Coke. Come on. Yeah. yeah what, what are we doing here? Sweden, man. Sweden. <laughs> It was stupid, but I mean, we we bought a lot. We got, um, I mean, in terms of price wise, we didn't get a lot compared to some other people, but quantity wise, we did okay. We bought a couple of nightstands, which was it's nice. all about nice. Yeah, um, I got a nice knife set. That was pretty. That's pretty good. I got the knife block. <laughs> well, hey, the knife set and like the pl- the amount of plates in that building. Oh my the god! Section we just got plates. plates and bowls and everything. Cups, oh, like man. it's yeah. I tell you right now, you could fill your cart all on plates and utensils in that building. It's nuts. It's like an own Costco per department. Yeah. And the, um. Oh, the setup of the uh, like the kitchens and the living rooms and stuff is pretty yeah. impressive in there. How they do that? The IKEA team that puts that together. Oh my! Like, and that'd be a sick a job. job, I'd think. Yeah, that'd be it a would. Pretty sweet job. Absolutely, that would be. But um, yeah, I have a story about that. Did you have like the red cranberries at IKEA, like with the no. meatballs? So no, so I I don't like vegetables or p- mashed potatoes yeah, or anything. But... So I just got meatballs and mac and cheese. That was it. So the it cost me nine bucks. <laughs> Yeah, but here's the thing. Did you have the red cranberries when you went there? So when I went there, I had peas, um, the meatballs, and then, like, the mashed potatoes. And, like, they give you, like, these red cranberries. No, Nowhere to lie. And this is probably one of the most embarrassing stories I am going to tell on the podcast. I go like this. I take the fork and the spoon, and I go, pretty good jam. And my oh, girlfriend no. just rips me. <laughs> oh, yeah. my God. That's why I was wondering if you had the cranberries, if you could say yeah. if it's cran- cranberry or jam. It tastes like jam. It did not taste like cranberry. And I still say that. I went there about a month and a half ago, a month ago. And uh, yeah, it was pretty fun. Oh, my God. That's my story. Yeah, I know. I, uh, I almost got a beer. I didn't realize they had beer. I almost really? got beer, but I was so thirsty. Man, you got to bring a bottle of water. I got to give anyone advice going to Ikea. Bring a bottle of water. Yeah. You imagine the summertime when it's hot out? Because I know they have it was it was stuff, hot. But it gets hot like, in there. It was bad yeah. in there, and Jeez, it was a people. nice day on Sunday. Actually, like I had the sunroof open coming home. It was nice. Ooh. Yeah, but, it was a nice um, day. Yeah, like it was it was 15. steaming. It was not it was not good at all. I did not. Yeah, 
enjoy the temperature in there. Cause and then, I mean, it was nice when you went outside cause you got a, you know, you got a face full of cool air. It felt good. It refreshed oh. you. Just, you need that water. That's that, that would have been clutch. I should have done that. I, I will next time if I ever feel the need or want to go there again, because that was, yeah, yeah. that was a waste it's of time because half that crap you can't even afford. Well, I can't yeah. anyways, but um, it's pretty, it's yeah. pretty, uh, it's pretty nuts. Like, um, and like wherever I go, sometimes you people watch. And oh, it's yeah. Like, People person. That's, a, that's a good place to people watch absolutely oh, i'm i'm a people person like whenever i see a stranger like i'll say hi to them i'll talk to anybody so yes, it's that is true. it's so it's weird yeah when like <laughs> you go to ikea there's so many people there it's like it takes me forever to get through the one spot just because i'm talking too much but um it's impressive it really is an impressive spot i wonder how much stuff gets broken on the displays because oh, everyone's yeah. touching everything yeah. and i can't be- i cannot believe that building was open during covid like in the mix like in the mix like it's yeah. hard to keep the count down there and it's pretty impressive like it's pretty crazy how well that business does and apparently there's one going into london in a few, oh, in a few years so that'll be that's a good spot though you imagine how good of a spot london will be for an yeah. ikea because what else, like london has a cost they have two costcos like they have everything there but they don't have that ikea and ikea is so far away the next closest one's burlington so that's pretty good Where, where's the second costco in london you got the one out by the highway well, in, one on wonderland wonderland oh, and right. just off of oxford yeah. By Holly Gully, the official sponsor of London Night Hockey. No, 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 no. You know what? I'll come when we come back from break. I will have the distance between Costco and Holly Gully, the official right. sponsor of London Night Hockey. What right. a name! Shout out to Mike Stouts. And by the way, those videos are pretty impressive. The one again, the game against Erie. Um, the videos are pretty good. They were yeah. on top. Uh, the fact that he doesn't even shake with the camera is impressive. Man, he's better than a Mike tripod. Stouts for, he absolutely is. Hey, if he wanted to come in the summer and uh, like just stand with his phone for the Red Sox games for us, it'd be perfect. Oh my god! But he's the goat, yeah. one of the greatest of all time in the OHL broadcasting industry right now. Um, but yeah. what, what a treat to listen to him. I grew up listening to him, so I always got to say mm-hmm. that when I hear it, when I talk about him. But what a what a what a way to call a game. Um, there's not many like him. I mean, there's a few good ones around the. OHL and he's one of the best by far. Mm-hmm. All right, we talked about IKEA and TV for about ten minutes. I guess we could get to hockey now. Uh, yeah, here's kind of a rundown of the show this week for you. Thoughts on the weekend, of course, as always. Kind of look at games that caught our eyes, and that will kind of include Sunday as a whole. Uh, players of the week, games to watch this weekend with some playoff implications. So that should be a fun discussion. And then a fun discussion with this one as well, over under for goals on the year, as well as yeah. points. Uh, so that will be fun. And then as always, yeah, pick five players or whatever, pick yeah. five random players, the top five in each category. And let's see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. And then of course, we'll finish it off with the power rankings as always, but start with the thoughts on the weekend, Colin. There's a lot. Yeah. Um, we, we have a lot of thoughts on the weekend. I'll let you start. Um, because a lot of my thoughts are from Sunday, but that will kind of roll into games that caught our eye. Yeah, but, um, yeah, same yeah here. go ahead. Go ahead with you, Colin. Uh, thoughts on the weekend? Yeah, Mike McKenzie in, Chris Dennis out, and Kitchener. That's probably the biggest news of the day on Friday morning. 
around nine o'clock, the Kitchener Rangers announcing that news via the Kitchener Rangers Twitter account and social rest of their social medias. Um, yeah, they relieve head coach Chris Dennis of his duties, and then the general manager and now head coach again, Mike McKenzie, is back behind the bench. And Friday night, being there because the dogs were there, oh my, that was a long bus ride mm. home for the dogs. Uh, mm. That was not yeah. fun, but um, yeah, the Kitchener Rangers looked really good. And it was that new coach energy, and we saw that throughout the weekend with the Kitchener Rangers, new coach energy. And it was one of these moves that we kind of expected to happen back in November, December with the mm-hmm. Rangers. Because when I watch the Kitchener Rangers this year, I don't know about you, Reese, but every time I see the Rangers, it's like – so when they play the teams like London, Windsor, they get out system. They can't – they just fall into that trap, and they just can't get out of that trap. But then you'll see them play some teams that they should beat, and they'll just outskill you. They have the skill. That roster on paper is a top three, four team in the Western Conference, no doubt about it. Probably top five, top six in the Ontario Hockey League, that roster alone. Leighton Moore on the back end is a stud. Marco Costantini won an OHL championship. He's a stud in that. Um, up front, they have all the leaders. They have all the veterans there um, to win. And it just hasn't occurred for them. So I look for this to get some energy. I look for the Rangers. I wouldn't be surprised. Obviously, this is a major hot take. But when you see coaching change like this, when we saw it before when Mike McKenzie took over for Jay McKee, we saw the Rangers get hot. I wonder if this is one of those situations here where Mike McKenzie comes in and they look to catch lightning in a bottle here and win about 13 out of 15 over the next 15 here and get into that playoffs, get into the top five, top six for sure in the in the Western Conference and see what they can do. Because I'm telling you right now, other than Windsor, I think the Kitchener Rangers could beat any team in the series. I really do. And I said this last week about them and the London Knights. I like London. There's no, no offense to them. I just think the Kitchener Rangers, when I look at their roster compared to the London Knights and what I saw from their veteran guys in the past for the London Knights against Kitchener Rangers, I don't think it's a good matchup for the London Knights. Obviously, throughout the season, we saw the system and the Dale Hunter system take over against Kitchener Rangers. But now with the coaching change, Mike McKenzie's ability to adapt, which is massive, I look for the, I look for the Kitchener Rangers to be a tough out in the playoffs. And any team other than Windsor, I think they could beat. I really don't think there's a lot of established teams in the Western Conference. I really only think of two. And we'll get to this when we think about games that caught our eye because I have one in particular that kind of showcases that. But, mm-hmm. yeah, Chris Dennis out, Mike McKenzie in for the Kitchener Rangers. Yeah, and this is this will make you scratch your head, of course, because being a head coach as well as the general manager is not uncommon in the Ontario Hockey League. Especially near draft time. Yeah, it's you, – you wonder if you, a lot of guys – a lot of people will be scratching their heads thinking, well, like you said, say Kitchener goes on to win 13 of the next 15 games. Mike McKenzie gets them into fourth or fifth place in the Western Conference. Yeah. And I think that that's a pretty big stretch at this point of the season. You're probably From looking, like fifth. you said, fifth to no. sixth um, yeah. if they were able to go on a run. But you know, you almost question the fact of not overmanaging the group but yes. maybe Absolutely. making a decision to not that it was a quick decision, a rash decision, but you almost wonder thinking, okay, did he just do that? So he could have a little bit off his plate to really focus on being the GM, like kind of what mm. the, what the thinking behind it was. And again, we're not speculating. We're not saying it was a bad decision um, by Mike McKenzie. There are a lot of good reasons and a lot of reasons to like, you know, why Chris Dennis was a good pick to be the head yeah. coach, right? There was a lot of things to like about him. And, you know, it obviously didn't work out, but a lot of people will be looking at this year. And if Kitchener, of course, doesn't get out of the first round, 
uh, this season, uh, you know, questioning what what the whole goal was behind, uh, yeah, what the thought behind hiring a head coach was. So, I mean, that's a debate well, for the summer when we see how the playoffs unfold and, and yeah, see well, how everything it, works out in the regular season in the playoffs. But uh, yeah, just a, a head scratcher for Rangers fans for sure because I know a lot of them have been frustrated as the years gone on. Well, here here's the question you always ask, right? And I think we can kind of answer this right now. Going into the playoffs, we'll have a more better, clearer answer. But the Kitchener Rangers don't make it to the second round. It's a, it's almost feels like a failed season for the Rangers. I agree. Um, I agree with that, especially Absolutely. after last year. Especially yeah. after last year, they get nine other ten top scorers back. If they don't make it to the second round, they digress. Yeah, and that's that's not what you want. That's not what you want to with see. a lot of guys moving on after this year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's another thing that's going to happen. They all have a lot of moves to make in the summer. I mean, this is kind of make or break. And I wonder if that's Mike McKenzie kind of thinking, do when you know what GMs guys around the league like himself, you know they want to have a little bit of control, right? And have control of the roster. Trade deadline is a month after the trade deadline. Now, not much has changed. The Rangers, it kind of stayed the same, right? Then you make the change, mm-hmm. but. um yeah, the Kitchener Rangers definitely a tough out in the playoffs. I would not want to play them um, anywhere one through eight. Uh, my next thought on the weekend was I want to congratulate a local guy for me, Ryan Vanette of the Niagara Ice Dogs, scoring his first OHL goal against the Kingston Frontenacs. Congrats, Ryan, on your first, and uh, keep it up. And then my next topic was Ottawa. They'll play their first uh, round in Gatineau in the queue. And then a follow-up with that one is, what do you think of this? So they lose both games to Gatineau in that crossover. Are you a fan of the OHL in the Q crossover middle of the season? Not even a little bit. Me neither. I think nope. it's a waste I of time. I think it's dumb. I think it's dumb. Yeah, yeah the point should not synchronize dumb. High five. High five. Elbow. <laughs> Woo! Nailed it. But yeah, um, I don't, I'm not a fan of this at all. At all. Like, I don't agree. I don't think it's right. Like, I like the, the secretism of going into the Man Cup, not playing a team that un. You're not familiar with the team. I like that idea. Uh, I just think it's dumb. Um, you're not going to see other teams do that, right? You're not going to see Kingston go play Gatineau. We possibly can. Yeah. But you're not going to see that. So the outdoor game a couple of years ago was okay when they did that with when the Sens were having yeah, that outdoor game. That was a good idea. That was okay. Yeah. But once and once a, that's okay. Other than that, why? Um, and I still wish in that game it was Kingston Ottawa in that outdoor game too. So. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't. But yeah, that's my. Oh, I have one more thought. So rookie of the year. Here's a big one here with five weeks remaining in the season. Um, here's kind of my favorites for the rookie of the year, and this will probably be a Twitter poll throughout sometime this week once the show gets released. But Michael Misa, fifty points in forty games. Reese Liam Greentree of Windsor, forty points in fifty games. Beckett Seneca of Oshawa, thirty-seven points in forty-five games, and then. My fourth option, but definitely not the fourth. Zach Bowen of the London Knights. 18 games played this year, 14 1 and 1, 915 save percentage and a 2.55 goals against. I think it's down to Misa, Misa, Bowen, Green Tree in that order. I think that's what it's down to, but mm. what a like what a run that's gonna be for the rookie of the year. Every year the rookie of the year, and we showed how strong of a draft that was. But to see Seneca come up and see Green Tree have the years those guys are having as well just yeah. shows how good the draft was. Um, exciting times in the Ontario Hockey League in the future of this game in the league. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's a good point, and that'll be that'll be part of the discussion as we move uh, throughout the show. Um, you mentioned about uh, Ottawa and Gatineau, and I pulled up the standings just because I was curious where 
Uh, obviously, I know where Ottawa is, but where Gatineau is. Gatineau is a top team in the QMJHL. They are second in the Western Conference, 74 points. That is just one less than Sherbrooke, who has clinched a playoff spot, so you would assume Gatineau is going to do that sometime this week as well. But uh, Gatineau, 74 points on the year. Ottawa, 67, uh, 76 points on the season, as we discuss on Monday, February 13th. You like that suspense of waiting for the Memorial Cup, right? And these two teams have a great shot at being in the Memorial Cup. It's not like we're looking at Ottawa dominating the Ontario Hockey League, being at the top, and we're seeing Gatineau way at the bottom. It's not like that situation where, okay, it's kind of not as big of a deal, but when you you look at it, the Ottawa 67's losing both games. That that puts them over 10 regulation losses. They are now 36-11. Two and two. They're again, these are numbers, however deep you want to look into it. They're past 10, they're now five, three, one, and one. It just it it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. That takes away two games against teams that are chasing the Ottawa 67s, and not that anybody in that division is even remotely close to the 67s. It is the Peterborough Peets. They are 21 points behind the Ottawa 67s um, for that division lead. Thank God it was going to clinch that very, very soon. But it just it does nothing for Ottawa. It does nothing. No. Maybe a little bit of scouting. Um, but again, it might be irrelevant when it comes to the Memorial Cup because there is a good chance that both don't make it. There is a good chance yeah. that doesn't happen, right? So especially the Western Conference being so good in the OHL. I mean, I yeah. think right now the two favorites, in my opinion, are Winter London. Um, two hottest teams by far. Yes. Um, obviously a lot of hockey left, but wins wise, it shows too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. That, that was a good thought. I think good discussion. I just it it yeah. is. I think it's very pointless. I really do. It is. It really is pointless. I don't agree. I don't like the game. I think, and I know there's a lot of media around the Ontario Hockey League, CHL for that matter, that aren't big fans of this. And um, I don't get it. Uh, mm-hmm. I wish I did. I wish I could, but I just, I'm just not a fan of it. I feel like it's too out of the way. And I feel like for players, it's kind of tough, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. But it'd be nice. It'd be nice sometimes. It would be nice to ask a player about that, how they feel about that yeah. game. Um, yeah, like this is a, like this is a preseason Gatno. game type feel. Like it's this isn't a regular. This shouldn't be a regular yeah, season. Exactly preseason. Thing. Yeah, a good point there. That's exactly what it feels like. Just a preseason game. Play in the preseason all you want. Yeah. I love those out of out of league games in the preseason. Mm-hmm. Why not? See what you got. Yeah, that's a good matter. I really like that you mentioned that preseason. That's a good one on the matter. Uh, all right, let's get to Sunday's games, Colin, because not that this will be a lengthy discussion, but I think it's a pretty good discussion to have and kind of, you know, yeah. look at where teams are and what exactly happened on Sunday. So we're going to start in Kingston and all well, the ice dogs get win number 10 on the year. They defeat the Kingston Frontenacs five to two uh, North Bay takes care of Barry four to two. Not that we're really looking at that as, um, a David versus Goliath situation because those two teams are two and three in the Eastern Conference. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oshawa beat Sudbury again, similar situation. They're very Big close one. to the standings. Um, eight to five yeah. the final score in favor of the hometown Generals, you know, who smartly played at two o'clock and not at six, a half hour before man. the Super Bowl started. Um, <laughs> man, so, I look at that. I watched that game. I watched that game. I tell you, that was one of the games that caught my eye. Um, two Sunday games did, but. Sudbury's in trouble. 
when you can't lose those games and the way they played in that game wasn't the greatest. I mean, the Oshawa getting a five, you're not going to want to give up five, but um, scored eight. And I think Oshawa with that game in hand, right, one point back now, that's so tough. That's a game you had to win if you're Sudbury. So the pressure's on the Wolves now in that situation. But I think the Frontenacs are also in trouble losing that game to Niagara as well. Uh, That's a game, terrible face-off percentage too. They're dead last in the Ontario Hockey League at the dot, the Kingston Frontenacs as well. So I think I look at Kingston as well. They got to play a little bit better hockey. That cushion's there, but it's not a big cushion. Um, you know what happens when you take the feathers out? What up, Daryl Sutter from last season with the Calgary Flames? So um, it's there, but the Frontenacs definitely got to play better hockey as well. Yeah. Uh, a couple other games: Guelph Storm defeat the Peterborough Peets. We're going to talk about that in a second here, Colin. Yeah, five-three. Um, the final score at the PMC. Yeah, Peterborough was on home ice. And uh, the final one, Sault Ste. Marie over Sarnia, 7-3. to three. And that made me think, that win for Sault Ste. Marie made me think. So there's only two established teams in the Western Conference. Like, what do you think? Like, I think, and when I look at, from that win, that tells me that there's only two teams that are established in the Western Conference, Windsor and London. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's any established hockey teams, really. What team could you make a case for? Beating that, beating those two teams. What team would get through London and Windsor back-to-back series to win the Western Conference? That's um, a tough ask. Yeah, probably Kitchener? nobody in the Western Conference. No, I don't even think Kitchener does. Yeah, really like say they beat London in round. Because I just said they lose. They're not to, beating round, lose to Windsor win. in round two. Like no. we're looking at deja vu we from agree last on, year. Yeah, we agree on that one, one hundred percent. I don't see that either. Like, like you, ex- um, and even you I even expe- mentioned that. Yeah, you expect a a tough series physically, mentally. When you're, yeah. say, the Kitchener Rangers, the position they're in now, eighth place, you would get Windsor in round one if you were to upset the Spitfires. I don't know. You would have a lot of gas in the tank left for the London Knights. You have to go into Budweiser yeah. Gardens to win a series. You have to go in there at least four times, and you or have to WFCA. think that you take at least two. So, yeah, yeah. in the Wafku Center, yeah. we know what that's like, seeing it in the OHL yeah, finals last year. So. I mean, every bulldog we talked from last year's team said that that finals, that toll playing in that building took a lot out of them. I mean, yeah. they were gassed. And it was funny because they didn't lose a game in the playoffs until the finals, and they were gassed. When they ran into that Western Hockey uh, – that Western Conference, I guess, play, Western Hockey play. But um, that's what it is. That's what that is. Bring your lunch bill, your, your forecheck, and your back check in 100 – I mean, it's just a tough game. It's a different – the difference in conferences, you do see it with the back checks, with the strength. Mm-hmm. Um, saw that on Friday firsthand in Kitchener. Um, the dogs, they just didn't want to skate with the puck. I remember at the intermission thinking, hold my – like, this is going to be a long night because no one wanted the puck, no one wanted to make plays, which you usually see in the East. You can see the wings. Kitchener took that – made them stay wide, didn't give anything in front of the net. And I noticed some teams in the East, they give up those net front plays. You get up that second effort. The West, there's some teams, they shut that right down. And um, Kitchener played a really good defensive game in that game. But, uh, yeah, it's just a different – it's a different animal. And I don't see any team getting through there. I mean, that's why I think they're the two most established teams. And this isn't a knock on the Sioux Greyhounds, but they're a ninth place in the Western Conference. But um, three points out. You know, if you're sorry a team that bought, you can't lose to those teams. You can't. Um, it doesn't matter who you played the night before, what you did. You cannot lose to those teams. And it's not a knock on the Sioux Greyhounds. It's not a knock at all. I like their dra- I like their draft from last year. Um, I like that Madar is playing there now. 
um, their fourth round pick. I like their team. I like their young talent that they have, but I really don't think any teams established in the Western Conference behind the Windsor Spitfires London Knights. Mm-hmm. And I I don't see it. I really don't. It's a tough matchup beating those two teams back, playing them in round two and round three. That is tough. I just don't see that happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and you're looking at that battle as we, we talk about it in the Eastern Conference, and it's been this way for a while. Uh, pretty, pretty good chance that it's Ottawa North Bay 1-2 and two in the Eastern Conference. The Barry Colts, yeah. uh, Mississauga Steelheads, although they're eight points back of Barry, so you could technically consider them playing to try and be fourth and get home ice in the first round. Um, the Sarnia Stinger playing for third place in the Western Conference, along with mm-hmm. the Owen Sound Attack, who sit one point behind, Saginaw Spirit, who are three points behind the Sarnia Sting. And, I mean, you throw Guelph in there, they're five points back of Sarnia. So um, yeah. it is the race for third place in the Western Conference. That is fully underway. Spitfires have won seven in a row. Knights have won eight in a row. They're, they're <laughs> going to be one, two. It's like the East. They're going to fight it out to see who is one. But it, you're playing for third place. Not like you said, Colin. Sault Ste. Marie is a team you have to beat. To you get to. home ice for it's not a knock for sure at round all. one. Um, if one, two, three, and four move on to round two, you obviously don't have home ice against the London Knights if the playoffs started today. But mm-hmm. um, it, you have to. Not that you take games off. That can you can never do that. But you have to really pay attention to detail against these bottom you three, four teams in the Western conference. And I mean, even when you cross over to face the East, um, you know, Niagara and Erie, no team can lose to Niagara or Erie if they want to finish in the top three. Yeah. And I mean, you you have a lot of wiggle room with the Windsor Spitfires, London Knights, um, Ottawa 67s, North Bay battalion, but you never want to lose. And when it comes to those two teams, you physically can't lose to them because of the impact it could have. So, Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and and if- I mean, that, I think we're going to transition over to the Peterborough Peets now, Colin, um, <laughs> to round out this segment. But, yeah, they, they got to win some hockey games and a lot you know, in a row to, the pro- to the kind of get is- that swagger back um, to what they, they plan Simpson. to have. They need Simpson. I mean, I thought at the start of the year, I thought Simpson made a lot of saves to keep them in games. I thought they did get enough. Um, man, they could sure use the heel pan wire right now in that third line yeah. center spot. If Lardis is shot, yeah, well, Avery not that Hayes he'd be line one up. in Peterborough, Avery but Hayes. yeah. But th- th- the thing is, though, the thing is, though, with the Peets, there's only one puck. They have a bunch of players there that have had the puck, and I say this all the time when I talk about the Peets because it's true when you watch them play. It's just there's one puck. What are they without the puck? Um, I look at the ha- I look at their core, the guys they brought in at the trade deadline. Every single one of those guys are puck movers. They're guys that will need the puck to be successful. Um, it, yes, they're good without the puck, but they need the puck. They want the puck. They've had the puck their whole lives wherever they've played. All of a sudden, they come here. They don't have the puck. They have to make that adjustment. We haven't saw that adjustment, and that's why they're losing hockey games. Um, it's just the reality of it. I thought Stuska played really good on Saturday against the Bulldogs. Yes, I really okay, did. I, I thought he, I thought he played good enough to win them that game. But the Bulldogs, I mean, Nick Lardis goal, that was a goal of the night yeah. in the Ontario Hockey League. What a goal on the breakaway there at the shoulder position. He didn't get White. Authority. Yeah, he didn't get White as well um, on the back check. But just 
it's one of those things with the Pete's. There's only one puck, and they got to figure it out because if not, it's going to be a quick couple round, quick couple days in the first round of the playoffs, and then all of a sudden you're looking what could have been. And then you're looking, if it doesn't turn out with the amount of moves they've made, you're looking at management moves, coaches moving. Yeah. If it doesn't turn out, I mean, the Peterborough Peets with the amount of picks and the amount of stock they put into this year's roster, if they don't win, you're looking at two years of being a non-contender. And Van Volsen's a good player. They moved to Mississauga, and we see Mississauga on a heater. Seven and three of their last ten. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things where you got to pick it up. Um, if you're the Pete's and you got to figure it out, there's no moves happening. Um, I think there's a lot of complaining going on as well. I think a lot of the core guys, it's like um, they're feeling bad for themselves. I mean, that's a way to put it bluntly. Um, I think when I saw them on Saturday, I'm looking around and I'm thinking, look at the misconducts late, right? There's frustration there in that dressing room, and it was just no need to do that late in the game. And I look at some of their core players, and I'm thinking – it's on you guys. It's on you guys. You guys are star players in this league. You guys got to figure it out. If you don't, it's a tough look, right? Um, I get their kids, and I totally understand that. They are kids. But there's first-round picks. There's 50 goal scorers on that team. There's guys that played in the NHL this year a game. Um, and they're good hockey players. They have to figure it out. They need to be challenged. They're drafted players. They're going to play in the NHL. When you play in Montreal or the New York Rangers, do you think you're not going to get challenged next year? Yeah. I mean, Owen Beck's going to be in Montreal next year. Do you think he's not going to get challenged? Look at Arbor Jacka. Mm-hmm. Like, right away, right away he gets challenged. Um, New York, you don't think there's going to be a challenge playing on Broadway? I mean, yeah, you're no going kidding. to – you're going to hear it right away for Brennan Laughlin. It's a thought – It's a, there's a lot of pressure. But think about it. Less than 12 months from now, when they're in the National Hockey League, it's going to be worse than this. So how I said, I think it's kind of friendly to say it, but when you're in the National Hockey League next year, it's going to be a lot worse, yeah. um, the criticism when things don't go right. But it's on them to figure it out. And they're the star players. They have to figure it out. If not, it's going to be a quick uh, two weeks in the first round. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and the big thing for me that I noticed Saturday, um, you know, being at the game is just every opportunity possible. And and, yes. and again, we're not here to call out players. We're not here to, um, to shun players and make them sound like they're not worth playing in the OHL. Like, but, no, but, but Brennan Othman was, did not look like he was hunting for goals. A lot of the time he was hunting for well, their power plays. They have him way too high on the fly. Oh yeah. The I even line. saw that a couple of times, five zone. on five. Where I'm yeah. thinking, why why is Othman up there? I don't. That makes no sense. Yeah, yeah, and and yeah. a lot of the times he like the Bulldogs were under his skin. That was very evident that the Bulldogs <laughs> figured out a Jack way, <laughs> yeah, to make Brennan Othman frustrated. And you you can tell he was good, by the way he was retaliating a lot of times, and you know, they really pushed him off his game. So that's where the Born mental himself. toughness comes in, and you have to say, well. I'm here to score goals. I'm here to make plays. I'm not here to chase Your after guys if they piss me off. I piss them off by putting the puck in the net. And yeah. I can't be going after guys. And that's a lot of the problem. And you saw a lot of that, uh, P- a lot of those Peterborough issues on Saturday where, you know, frustration, once the physical and rough Sunday stuff starts too. to get involved, um, mm-hmm. they're, they're all for it. And I mean, you have a certain Peterborough style of hockey. You have the old, you know, grindy, gritty, type with the barn and we everything like it's that's kind of what i saw at offman 
on Saturday, and that's not him. Uh, no. And again, credit to the Bulldogs, but Austin has to has to step into the role of being the guy because he was brought in for a reason. And I think that's yeah. one of the biggest difference between Austin the Bulldogs. Beck. Austin yeah. and Beck. They're the two stars on that team. I mean, Hayes, Hayes is a superstar um, in this league, but Austin and Beck are the two guys who are going to be in the National Hockey League next year. Yeah, and, and the big the biggest thing for the Peets for me is with the Bulldogs, because you always compare to the championship champion of last year, and you look at the moves they made and compare them to the team that Every made the challenge most moves this year. Yeah, Bulldogs' big moves were McTavish and, and Jackye. They already had the system in place. Jackye and McTavish are guys that can just step in. Okay, cool. Yep. No, I know my role. Thank you very much. Yeah. Whereas the Peterborough Pete's brought in. They can play without the puck. More than two. They're bringing it. They brought in what five or six guys. Yeah, to, to join a system leaders. that you got to learn. And again, they're they're going to be pros one day. They're going to um, be able to adapt, but we haven't seen them adapt yet. Man. And a lot of that has to be, again, they have too many stars, in my opinion. Man, they have too I'm many telling stars. You. And they, not that they overbought, but if they're out in round one, they I think they overbought. Yeah, then you're looking at management moves, coaches yeah. moving. You're looking at moves that doesn't work for them on 100%. And it's funny, you know, they could definitely use Sahil Panwar. Mm-hmm. That was Sahil Panwar and Hamilton. And Reese, you and I know this firsthand being around the team. Um, Sahil Panwar, for what is he, for what he's brought to the Bulldogs, has been incredible. Um, it's the best hockey I've saw him play. And I say this all the time on the Hammer Channel. Proud I am of him as a player. Um, the things he's done and as a person, to be honest, off the ice, he's been amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, Hamilton staff. I mean, you wish he's no three. He's been that great. He's been incredible. Uh, bench warmers, I am 12. Yeah, yeah, popping up one day in uh, Mr. Branch's office. Five bucks, yeah, yeah, each answer on five dollars. Never know, yeah, yeah, first to heal. I'm 19, but yeah, Panwar Power's wild right now in Hamilton. Um, what a hockey player he is, and it's one of those things I watched Peterborough play on Saturday, and I watched him on Sunday a little bit, and I'm thinking, and if they had to heal Panwar on that third line, I mean, they needed the Gavin White on the back end. And Avery Hayes mm-hmm. to get up great. Don't get me wrong, he's a superstar goal scorer. But Sahil Panwar is that third line player. When I watched the Bulldogs last year, we went around the team last year for our first year with the Bulldogs. Um, one of the most underrated pickups, beyond it. Yeah. Um, Sam, uh, on that fourth line. When I look at Sahil Panwar, he would be perfect on that third line right now. I watched him. He's good. He's above average on the face off dot. Um, Hamilton's best face off guy. Well, but Lawson Sherrick, Sherrick mm-hmm. Panwar, but. Um, he's a high face-off percentage guy, good hockey player, um, just your typical third-line player that you need who's going to get a contract at the end of the year. And by the way, maybe in a couple of weeks we'll do this, go over the best ways you need contracts. What up, Avery Hayes, Logan Morrison, yes. um, to name a few, Sean McGurn. Um, but there's, I look at that team, I'm thinking, man, they need Panwar power. They have a third line, second line, be that center, kill penalty. Their penalty kill is really good. Tucker Robertson, um, J.R. Avon, they can fly. Um, they showed that that one that one three they were doing against Hamilton on Saturday. The Bulldogs there at the fir- in the first period, their first power play, their first couple power plays, they just couldn't get the game the zone. Um, they shut that down. Spearing's a big defenseman back there. Maya's a big defenseman. Gavin White, uh, good skater, um, takes up ground very quickly. Um, but that one three that they did with that speed was so effective. It's hard to get in the zone. So that's one thing for the Pete's that they don't lack. Their penalty kill is good. Um, their power play, though, that you just got to have Brennan Offen more engaged uh, down low in the dot. 
way too high on the dot. I mean, there's times where he's almost out of his past the blue line. He's so high up. Get in deep. Get in deep. Get on the net. Um, get on the net. Get have that wave going toward the net. Uh, be aggressive. I love the power plays that are aggressive in the flags because that's how you score goals. Um, you need those shots. We saw Avery Hayes in that one time spot on that right side. Oh, he can bury it with Logan Morris. When we saw that in Hamilton. Uh, you got to see Brandon Austin. I think you got to put Brandon Austin in the bumper, put Tucker Robertson out there on the uh, on the flank on the left side, have Robertson and Hayes in the flanks, then have White or Maia at the point running the power play. They, had my, they rotated that on Saturday in Hamilton and then have Austin in the bumper, have Austin controlling the puck. Like how he, similar to how he played at the World Juniors around the net front bumper spot, um, that's where I would have Austin and uh, let him distribute the puck from inside in the interior and get the feet more engaged on their toes instead of their heels on the power play. But that's one note I took from them on the weekend as well. Uh, all right, players of the week before we hit the break here, about 40 minutes in. Been on a roll here, Colin. Um, yeah, fun one. Yeah, player of the week from the London Knights, Sean McGurn. Uh, 13 points, five goals, eight assists in four games. Uh, he was also a plus eight. And, of course, as I mentioned earlier, the Knights, well, they've won eight in a row. They're uh, playing pretty good hockey right now. Um, and we're going to stay there for goaltender of the week. It is the rookie, Zach Bowen, 3-0. and Goals against average of 2.70. Save percentage of 9-2-0. Uh, yeah, he was really good this weekend. Uh, mm-hmm. Pretty good. So, um, And that kind of leads us into our topic to start, segment number two. That rookie of the year poll um, that you can start to look at as these award categories start to take shape and you kind of expect who the finalists are going to be. We're going to discuss that next here on the OHL in 60 podcast. Welcome back to the OHL and 60 podcast. I'm Reese Demani along with Colin Ward. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at the OHL and 60 podcast. All of the content that we post is there. We post the links for our, the, all the articles posted on our website, which you can find uh, in the link tree link in all of our bios. Uh, Nick Sakella says you covered um, for all weekend recaps on yeah. Mondays. So, yeah. Hey, Elon. Get Linktree back up on the links on Twitter. But not going to say anything else, but yeah. You want to put the Linktree back up, that'd be a nice help. Yeah, um, no kidding, eh? Yeah. Let's go. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, and of course, Joel Vanderland, uh, Brandon Caputo, all of their articles are up there as well. Um, have a go. Go have a look at the OHL and 60 podcast, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. All right. The rookie conversation, Colin. Like I yeah, said, it comes back the break. We're getting to that point of the season where the discussions start to happen. You start to think about who deserves to be a finalist and who deserves to win. And this will be up on our on our Twitter a poll after this show is released, probably Wednesday afternoon. Um, is yeah. usually a good time to post the poll. So um, have your say. Colin Ward will have that up and ready to go. Colin Ward, what four rookies? Will we be talking about today and what four rookies will you be able the listeners, I should say, who will they be able to vote on on Twitter? Vote for on Twitter. Yeah, and I think as we mentioned in the first segment, Michael Misa of Saginaw, Liam Green, 
Liam Greentree of Windsor, Beckett Seneca of the Oshawa Generals, and Zach Bowen of the London Knights are my top four to look for. And I think that's good enough to be the poll. Um, there's some close ones, obviously, Oliver Bonk. There's going to be some votes for Bonk. Uh, but when you look at what Bowen's done, that's got to be – that's got to get you at least into consideration to receive a few votes for mm-hmm. that matter, being 14-1 as a rookie goaltender. I mean, you have no idea how hard that is. Um, like, Reese, you and I have been around now. Like, we this is our, first, our second full year in the league. And, like, when we watch rookie goaltenders play, 14-1-1. That is so tough to do. Like, we're looking at, like, former Knights – well, not former, but, like, past rookie who had a very good rookie season for the lot of Knights is Brett Rochu. But mm-hmm. – Zach Bowen's right there, and there's a carbon copy. The way they move, it's so similar to Zach Bowen and Brett Brochu. Um, the play style, so it's funny that they're compared and their rookie season are so similar as well. But Zach Bowen, I mean, this is a guy that going into camp, right, the Knights trade, Owen Flores, who was coming off that development. Um, he, yeah, he's at the U.S. National Development Program for, uh, World Junior um, Summer Camp. He was there. He's at Detroit Red Wings Camp, playing the net with Sebastian Cosa. Um, on Team Red and development camp, but it's just one of those things where they move on from him. They had Wilmore there from last year. I I thought the competition was Bowen Wilmore, and we saw that with the move. And Bowen just played his way on the team. It was so similar to Brett Brochu coming from Junior C, right, and just playing his way on a roster where it's quite. Frankly, you mentioned this a, a little bit, Reese, where it's like this is my net. I'm making this team and I'm going to give every possible reason to make this team. And um, that's what Zach Bowen did in camp. He played good in the preseason and 14, one and one, nine, 15 save percentage and 2.55 goals against. Absolutely. You you should be in the top four rookies and probably in the top two. Mm-hmm. Um, so Bowen, Seneca, Green Tree, who has been a very good in Windsor, um, Liam Greentree is one of the most underrated rookies in this league, and with the points he has, forty points in fifty games, he's what a play, like what a player he is. He's so big, he's strong, and you know when you make the trades like Windsor did, um, with the moves that they made, and then it gives those guys the opportunity in Greentree to get the extra minutes on a good team. Um, Windsor and London are going to be very good for a long time. Washington Conference, funny in London. Because London's always good, it feels like the same with Windsor. To be honest, Windsor maybe once in every seven years they have a year where they're below fifth in the West, but they're usually pretty good um, in the Western Conference. And it's one of those things where you just develop, right? And I like the savvy system there that he has in Windsor. Um, what a treat that is to talk to Mark Savard. Any media member or a fan, if you get a chance to talk to Mark Savard, do it. It's a great time. Last year in the OHL Finals that. Bring back this story. He was taping about 15 player sticks before the game. Um, the time the OHL finals got, he was taping Maggio's stick. Maggio had a big one, had a big, uh, had a big first round, and all of a sudden it just started. Then the next thing you know, players just kept coming up to Mark Savard. You taped my stick, and if you got there early enough, you would see pregame Mark Savard taping sticks. And if you walked down, I remember game three in Windsor when I went to Windsor, and. I was walking through – so where the post game was, it was in the Windsor Spitfire's office where the post game was. And so we went down, Bulldogs arrived, and the dressings are really right beside each other in Windsor. Um, so I remember I walked through and I went down to the elevator beside the Spitfire's office part that was closed. 
and you see Mark Savard out there having like 10 sticks in a line with no tape on it, just a roll of tape, different tapes. Um, it was one of those questions that you just kept asking in the playoffs. I mean, how many sticks do you got the tape? And you see the tweets with Mark Savard saying to come out to the ranks. Um, how much uh, ticket dollar are you getting off that? How, what do you get? What's your percentage? Um, but what a guy to talk to. High energy. We were very lucky last year in that OHL finals to have two great coaches to talk to. Yeah. Jay McKee's guy that's more quiet. You can observe. Um, you see the situation and you see what he uh, you see what he brings to the table. And he knows he's aware of his surroundings. Where Mark Safari kind of just says it. And it was kind of funny when um, he mentioned that there about the calls in game five, was it? Remember game five when he was like, um, he's an honest guy about Jay McKee. He's an honest guy. I played with Jay. He's an honest guy. He just fired up. And it was just so cool to be able to interview him. And I'm not surprised that these young guys are coming up playing so well under his system because him and staff in their front office there as well, ownership in Windsor, first class. Uh, Windsor is one of the greatest organizations in this league. They do it right there. Um, that finals was so impressive. And, I mean, the game against the Bulldogs last Saturday was impressive as well mm-hmm. um, with the sellout there at WFCU Center. And it was loud. And, and that building's so fun to play in. It's one of the most – it's still, in my opinion, one of the most underrated buildings to play in. Because whenever we talk to players, they never mention Windsor until you bring it up. And it's like, yeah. You know, like they always go to London in the odd. And rightly so. The odds incredible. I was so pumped to be there on Friday. I love that building. Mm-hmm. But then LBFCU is kind of like that third, right? You always hear the Kitchener's in the London. But Windsor is right there. Windsor is incredible. It's a top three barn to play in the league, probably. I was going like, to say, I don't think you could have said that any better. You got, yeah, I enjoy playing in Kitchener and London. And then, like you, you said, we bring, bring up Windsor. Oh, Yeah. yeah. And that, that's the same as what the city is, right? That, that, that completely yeah, it's dictates what Windsor is. The Spitfires, the city of Windsor. I, I still think it was a horrible idea to put the year. arena where it is. But yeah. um, the, it is what it is, is a built. nice building. And, and, and yeah, you've said it, you said it well. Mark Zavard is, has put himself in a position to move up. I mean, He's put his team in a position to go to back-to-back OHL finals, which doesn't happen very often. Um, and just, yeah, just a quality guy to talk to. Right. And I mean, <laughs> Colin Ward is laughing for whatever I'm thinking reason. about a, I'm thinking about a funny question that was asked um, to the game five of the OHL. Yeah, and I mean, <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's the thing, right? He's, he's an open guy, right? He, he'll tell you, he'll tell you exactly <laughs> what he's thinking. And, uh, you know, whether, whether or not it has to do with injuries to players, um, <laughs> we'll always find that out. But, That's why I was laughing. Um, yeah, it it is what it is. Quality guy, and like you said, Jay McKee and Mark Savard, two very good coaches to have. Yeah, we were, we were lucky last so. year. Yeah. Um, you know, we talked about Green Tree. We've talked about Bowen. Um, let's go to Seneca next, Colin, um, because I think it's pretty obvious, and I think we knew that he was going to be a finalist when it came down to it. In Michael Misa, like so we'll game. save him till last, but. uh Talk about Beckett uh, Seneca because it on a team that a is out of the playoffs right now, um, but m- making headlines and making news for himself, making himself relevant in the Ontario Hockey League by putting himself in a conversation uh, for rookie of the year. Yeah, absolutely. Seneca's been great. Um, right from the scene when he came up, he had a, a couple of multi-point games right away in October. And I was like, Callum Ritchie situation going on here, you know, like you look at the points production and stuff when he first came up, 37 points in 48 games. That's pretty solid. 
for your rookie season. That's a very good rookie season for that matter. And um, in my opinion, out of the mix, I think Seneca is the fourth option, but he's definitely going to get votes. Um, wouldn't have him on there if he wasn't going to get vote first place votes for that matter. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely going to get votes. It's one of those kids where when you're playing against him, when you're in the same division, you get to see him multiple times a year. Like if you're the Peterborough Peets in that division, when you play them all the time, you see his value. You see how good. And it's similar for Oshawa. I see Nick Lardis when he was at the Peets come to town. We're seeing that in Hamilton right now, the value with Nick Lardis. Um, you get you get the appreciation of your opponent. And I think Seneca is one of those guys where you see the play um, just continue to elevate, getting better and better at the right time. And um, that's solid. And he's going to be a guy that's going to be a high-ranked player in, in his NHL draft year for sure. I really like his game. He's a future pro. Yeah, nine points in his first 10 games uh, as an OHLer, and that includes his first OHL goal coming in his first game uh, back on September 29th against the Barry Colts. Uh, Yeah, and I think you look at the Oshawa Generals, uh, where their team is, like I said, out of the playoffs looking in. Uh, they have a goal differential of minus 15, which you look at is is really good for a ninth seed. Uh, he's a plus one as a rookie on a team out of the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, Osh- yeah and Oshawa is a minus 15 goal differential. That's solid. Yeah. All, All right, right. To, to Michael Misa, Colin. Wow. <laughs> Exceptional. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think he's still – If he, I mean, he's still – think rookie of the year yes. like i'll tell you right now he's who i'm voting for for rookie of the year which is cool because we got a vote last year so that's pretty fun um to get in on the action but he's my vote for rookie of the year right now michael mesa uh what he's done at an exceptional year is incredible uh michael mesa 50 points in 40 games pro is pro the kid's very poised above his years um, you talk to him, you know, 15 years old, you think he's a 20-year-old, um, very good kid, quiet, um, good family as well. Uh, I remember when in the press conference there, all the right things in Saginaw, and very um, very excited to see where the, his career goes. Because it's always cool to see the exceptional status players in the league, and um, Michael Misa for sure right now is my lock. Um, but it's between him and Zach Bowen for me for the rookie of the year. Um, if Zach Bowen goes like we talked about this, if Zach Bowen goes like twenty three, three and like two, that probably does it for me to get it give it to Bowen. But if if you go if you win twenty games before you lose five, that's gonna get that to me for a goalie that would get you rookie of the year. But and Michael Misa hasn't dropped the ball. He's been incredible all season long since he came up. I mean, at one point he was top five in scoring. Um, was leading OHL scorers there at one point the first month. But what a player. And um, Michael Misa, not just wow. Yeah. Uh, one thing I do want to mention, shout out to the Saginaw Spirit, and I want more teams to do this. I just pulled up their website here quickly. February 25th, they're hosting the Sarnia Sting. If you're a Chili fan, go to this game. They're having a Chili cook-off. That's, oh, that's pretty sweet. Like hey. I had to mention oh, that. It's all in the onions for those office fans. It's all in the onions. The trick is you got to yeah. grill the onions, Kevin Malone. Hey, I got to send you that clip. I will send you the clip. I know you're not an office guy, but I'm telling you, you will get a chuckle about this clip. Uh, all right. Walked into the office. Made, I made my special uh, – 
I made my special homemade chili. The trick is it's all in the onions. Walks in, drops in the middle of the office floor. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, but yeah, it's all in the onions. And I'm sure there's gonna be some office fans that are there with the chili cut. That's just because of that. But yeah, what a competition. It's one of those things that you wish it would be on Super Bowl Sunday though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But obviously I'm not too that sounds a little bit arrogant to say, I guess, on my part, but yeah, it feels uh one of those things, Super Bowl Sunday, that'd be perfect. Mm-hmm. But they should do a chicken wing contest too. Ooh, Saginaw, yeah. Saginaw, Flint, um, and for that matter, Hamilton. Um, they got it. They should do like chicken wing contest. I mean, Hamilton having the anchor bar basically in the building mm-hmm. in Jackson Square. Like could, that would be so cool. Chicken wing contest would be neat. I think we got to do more contests like that. Um, which I hope to see. I hope to see that down the stretch. Uh. For um, marketing, and we need to market better. So that'd be cool to see that. But those are, those types of buildings would be so cool to see them do that with the fan bases. And uh, yeah. yeah, right on for Saginaw. I like that. Change it up. And Saginaw has been one of the evolving markets in our league for such a long time that goes under the radar because yeah. like Saginaw has done so many first. Like I mean, them and Flint doing that um, I seventy five Divine Cup is incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that. Flint doing the Mega Bowl wearing the Tropics jerseys from a semi-pro Will Ferrell movie is incredible. Um, I still think the Saginaw Spirit should get a special jersey for that game as well. I think that would be incredible. Do like a basketball-themed uh, Spirit jersey. Obviously not like from the movie, but they should do like a basketball-themed um, uh, – like have like the blue sides, but then have like the Spirit white basketball trim go through mm-hmm. the jersey. Like, it would be, like, printed on, like, you wouldn't be able to stitch it, but then have, like, still have the sleeves, obviously, not the ugly Tampa Bay Devil Rays jerseys. Those things are the worst jerseys in the history of baseball. Yeah. But that and the powder blues for the blue jerseys, and the Canadian jerseys, for that matter, because Canadian jerseys, they don't win it. Um, get rid of those this year. Yeah. But, yeah, those uh, Tampa Bay, not like that, but actually have, like, the actual jersey. But, yeah, it would be really cool if the Saginaw Spirit wore some type of specialty jersey for that one as well. Similar mm-hmm. to the outdoor game last year in Hamilton, right? Both teams wearing the jerseys like that. Oshawa's jerseys were incredible. Yeah. Um, I wonder how those things did in the store because those things had to do amazing. Um, those were such nice jerseys in Oshawa as well. Both teams nailed the jerseys out of the park. And by the way, that's like almost a month, a year. I don't know, about a month away from a year ago to the mm-hmm. day from that outdoor game. So that'll bring back memories. All right. Round out the show, Colin. Power rankings as always. Yeah. Yeah, and I got them done. I got them done during the first segment. Not a big, big, big difference last week to this week. So last week, I'll mention I had Windsor first, North Bay second, Ottawa third, London fourth, and Sarnia fifth. As you can guess, they have changed. Changed kind of dramatically. Then who's five, Colin? Who you got? But here's the change. They're seven and three in their last ten. They've won two games in a row, and they have been red hot since the deadline. Mississauga Steelheads. Am I crazy? They've been good. It's a good pick. Am I, Am I not? It's like seven and three in the last time. They're just they've, not. They're not in my top five. They weren't even in consideration for my top five. Um, but, right, but right now, though, the way they're playing, they definitely deserve to be in my mansion. So I had to. Had That's the fun of this. That's the fun of this. It's who we think are the – and by the way, it's who we think are the top five teams in the entire hockey league. 
not the top five. We don't go off the standings who we think, eye candy-wise, who the top five teams are in the Ontario Hockey League. Yeah, and then there's me who, well, a lot of the standings dictate my top five. But, <laughs> um, yeah, and that that's just based solely off of what these top five teams have been able to do and separate yeah. themselves from the rest of the competition. I think that's a big part of it, yeah, which is why Barry's – which is why Barry's number three for me. Um, they're pulling away from Mississauga and Peterborough. So I yeah. guess number five. Sorry, Barry, number five for me. Um, you know, five, three, and two is not the greatest, but like I said, for, for them to be able to solidify themselves, it's probably the third place team in the Eastern Conference uh, going yeah. into the playoffs. Obviously, unless North Bay decides to choke, which I don't think will happen because they are very good. Um, yeah, Barry's number five for me. Nice pick. Nice pick. Um, Barry's a really good team. They'd be my sixth, but <laughs> I went off the board. I went off right. the board. Hey, <laughs> hey, Steve Eisenman got tripped for taking Moritz Cider um, by a few media members in um, – That cover the Leafs, so that tells yeah, you a lot. Yeah, very true. I mean, they voted for Michael Bunting over Moritz Cider yeah, um, to the yeah. Calder. Whoever did that one Michael Bunting vote in the third place vote for Moritz Cider, are you kidding me? Like – just, just please stop. Just give it a rest. You know, just you don't have to. You don't have to do it. You know, I know, I know the attention's there in Toronto, but you really don't have to do it. You can get away from the old ways for a second. And it's funny because they always talk bad about the Buffalo Sabers, and the Buffalo Sabers literally own the Maple Leafs franchise. So that's kind of funny. So mm-hmm. if I, if I'm not a Buffalo fan, I'm not a big Sabers follower. I mean, I like their rebuild. I like what they're doing. But oh my, if I was a Sabres fan, I'd be out of my house every single day. Absolutely. Even though they don't have nothing in the franchise other than a foot in the crease. Sorry, Buffalo fans. But other than that, I don't really know the franchise. But other than that, I know they beat the Leafs. So that's cool. Mm-hmm. So I had to mention that. Yeah, no, um, that's clutch. Uh, number four, fourth, Colin. Ottawa 67s. Um, they're the fourth team for me. 5-3, one and one in their last 10. Uh, one win on the weekend. I mean, the Q series doesn't count for me. Yeah, but, no, uh, no, I agree. And then, the, and then their lone win was against the Niagara Ice Dogs, where the Niagara Ice Dogs haven't been too great this season. They've played close games lately, but, you know, they're in the last place in the Ontario Hockey League. It's a game you should win. It's a game you have to yeah. win when you're the best team playing the worst team. So, yeah. Ottawa C7 four for me. For sure. Um, yeah, I like that pick. Um. You know what? They're four for me as well. Um, and again, it I think I think it's uh it's a toss up between them and North Bay, who the best <clears> team <throat> in the Eastern Conference for me. Oh, we're nailing um, these picks. Well, final three. Yeah, and that's that's the thing. Like I I still really like North Bay over Ottawa. Same here. Um, so uh, Ottawa Ottawa's four for me as well. Um, and I th- I'll give my reasons as to why North Bay is higher, but um, yeah. Yeah, the, the 67s, it, it's tough to judge the weekend. You're playing a team that you'll never see again this season probably until next year when they decide to do the stupid thing again, if they decide to do it again. Um, so, yeah, number four for me. Number three, Colin, who you got? Yeah, three for me, the North Bay Battalion. Um, similar to how you just mentioned, I think North Bay, uh, I think they're deeper than Ottawa. I like Ottawa. I mean, when you have Morris on the third line at one point, um, yeah. that's pretty impressive, but yeah. – uh, I like North Bay. I really like their team. I like their deadline. I like their front office. I like their coaching staff. Uh, North Bay is three for me. Yeah. No, I think you just you described it very well there, Colin. I don't got to say a whole lot else about North Bay. Um, 
Yeah, just very good. I still think they're the best team in the Eastern Conference right now. Just the yeah. start that Ottawa got off to obviously helped them uh, get yeah. into that first place spot. So, uh, so that leaves the two teams in the Western Conference. <laughs> um, it's always like this. The Western Conference is always the mighty West, yeah. and we're seeing that again this year. The Western Conference, in my opinion, is better than the Eastern Conference, and it would be one of these things to really see an All Star game between the two conferences. Mm-hmm. That would be cool. There, ha- there is some elite talent in the East, no question about that. I mean, you have guys like Offen, Beck, and Peterborough, um, loaded team, Logan Morris in Ottawa. They're- it's a loaded conference for sure, but the West is just so strong every year, especially at the upper end. Um, London wins are the toss-up there between one and two in our power rankings, I'd imagine. Yeah. Um, two for me, though, the London Knights. Winning winning eight games in a row, eight and two in their last ten. Um what a run they were on. They're not lose a game this weekend with um, a rookie goaltender playing back-to-back, um, getting off to a good start on the weekend, beating Erie. I mean, oh, blowing open the barn doors against Erie um, for that matter. I mean, that wasn't good. Uh, that was one of those where, hey, you want to check right right after the first period. Hey, let's start the bus. Uh, let's call it yeah. a night type thing. They um, they came out um, guns ablaze, and they looked really good. Um, and then same thing against Guelph on Saturday where they're up three, nothing right away on the storm. Yeah. Um, storm just couldn't recover. And, uh, my opinion, a lot of nights, second best team in the Ontario hockey league. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm there with you, Colin. And a lot of that is based off of them being one point behind Windsor. Um, yeah, same here, but yeah, uh, London's number two for me as well. So leaving the spitfires at number one, <laughs> yeah. we kind of, we kind of outlined it. Yeah, we kind of outlined it a little bit earlier with Mark Savard, and I mean, you look at the rookie depth they've got with Green Tree. Um, yeah, there's a lot to like about the Windsor Spitfires. Joey Costanzo has gotten up to 20 wins on the year. And another goal, st- yeah. yeah, he started getting into the top five of a couple of categories Man. for goaltenders in the Ontario Hockey League. So uh, they're they're just getting contributions from everybody right up and down their lineup. They are they are stacked once again. Uh, for back-to-back years. Well, what do you think? What do you think of the goaltending next year, right? This and we talked about this earlier on in this segment. When we talked about the goaltending, right? Windsor, a lot of why these teams are always so good. When we talked about Green Tree and Bowen, but think about it next year, Bowen Costanza. Mm-hmm. It gets even better. Yeah. It stays the same or better. Yeah, like it's amazing how good these two teams are set up to be for years. And I mean, London's always good, but Windsor as well, and that's going to be so fun. And by the way, February twentieth, Family Day. In London, Windsor, London, next Monday. Nice. Before we record next, that's a game that you have to be yes. at if you're in the London area. Windsor fans, make the trip. Um, take the family. Um, I don't know if the Knights have any family day deals. The Knights are one of those teams with the season ticket holders. They really don't give much to, um, because they really don't have to yeah. with the product they're receiving. But it's one of those things where get involved. Any promotional things that the Knights are doing for that game, be there. Um, Make the trip from Windsor. Hopefully, it's nice weather because Wednesday, this Wednesday, tomorrow, supposed to be like a high of thirteen or something. Yeah, it's crazy great. Like that. Sixteen yeah. in Windsor. Well, hey, baseball started right. Baseball oh, started. Yeah. Hey, Tigers can Football's play. Over. Tigers can play at America. Yeah, yeah. My trash season is finally over from the Denver Broncos. Yeah. Broncos country. Let's hide. But yeah, um, did you just say let's hide? Yeah. Oh man, we weren't riding this year. We were. Hiding. I would. I would. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, yeah. by the way, I have a story to tell you, maybe off air, um, about the Broncos. Oh, wait, no, I've told you about fans going from Denver. The Denver fans are going to Walmart to protest. Oh, yeah. You do that. that. To, what do you mean? You that, do that. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. But <laughs> I'm not like, 
posting on Twitter saying that we're going to go to Target over Walmart, which yeah. is kind of funny. Just yeah. kind of funny with a Bronco fan. That's a, that's a little yeah, much. I remember there's people making a minimum wage working there. They have nothing. They have no say about yeah. the Broncos. They, they probably don't. Half family. of them in, in Canada have no idea who the Broncos even are. Very so. true, yeah. But, yeah, by the way, so four more meetings. London Windsor, I just want to mention that. Huge in the standings. Um, February 20th in London at 2 o'clock. Uh, March 2nd, Thursday. It's a Thursday night in Windsor. 7.05, two weeks later, they meet again. And then a home and home that March 24th and 25th. London has a three and three. Um, it's Windsor, Windsor, and Kitchener, their final three Jeez. games. That's massive. Um, but March 24th in London at 7 o'clock, um, Windsor's in town. And then March 25th, the following day, 7.05 in Windsor. I'm sure a lot of night fans will make that trip if they can get tickets because WFC will be rocking. That's for the conference. And uh, in Windsor, that one on the 25th. So mm-hmm. get be there. Four more games in the head-to-head. And they're going to be massive for the um, standings and massive for playoff implications. Be there and um, be loud in your respective buildings. And uh, what an atmosphere that's going to be in both barns because it's two of the, the best atmospheres in the Western Conference and in the OHL and for that matter. And uh, very excited to see that go down to the wire in the Western Conference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it should be good. Absolutely. Uh, all right. That ends the show for this week. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed it. Again, a big weekend coming up uh, in the Ontario Hockey League. Many, many, many family day games uh, going on this coming Monday. Nobody works, so go to the hockey games. Uh, Hamilton's home to Kitchener. That's expected to be a very big crowd at first Ontario Center. Um, Like you mentioned, Windsor and London should be a very big game for sure. Yeah, it's it, it it's always a good day in the Ontario Hockey League. You get the day games on a Monday. Um, nobody goes to school. Very little people go to work. So yeah, um, yeah. Though I can't think of a better way than to hang out at an OHL rink because you're not spending a thousand dollars for a family if yeah. you go to a hockey game like you would be um, at Scotiabank Arena. So yeah, absolutely, one hundred percent agreed. And by the way, I'm gonna post that. Uh, I'm gonna post an Instagram poll this week. Um, it from ikea is this jam or cranberry juice or cranberry sauce oh my god <laughs> what is it you gotta have what is this what is this help me out yes. i <laughs> hope i have the picture of the spoon with it because that would just make it as well yeah. but yeah i'm gonna post that ikea yeah. um as well what a start good show this week yeah of course those polls are at the ohl and 60 podcast on twitter and instagram so go have your say Uh, on cranberry sauce or jam as well as who you think uh, ohl rookie of the year should be should be a fun weekend hope you enjoy it happy family day everybody and we will chat again in seven days